Oh God, we're recording and I'm eating, but it's okay. Just a quick PSA before we get this episode started. This episode does contain some adult language. Not much, but there are a couple curse words thrown in there. Uh, I do apologize. So if you're listening around your kiddos, you may want to skip this episode or just listen to it uh, when you are by yourself. It won't hurt our feelings, I promise. Also, we did experience some audio issues. I was unable to record this episode in my normal setting. Um, So you can hear my notebook hitting the keyboard and uh, the cord for my headphones kind of brushes against the mic a couple of times. I do apologize. I edited out what I could. Uh, There's some staticky stuff, I think, on DQ's end of the recording. Uh, So we just apologize for that. Also, at one point, I say the word experience, but I definitely do mean experiments. There is also a time or two where it sounds like I'm saying a different word because my voice is all stuffy. I was quite a week for both DQ and I, and you can definitely hear it in my voice that I am not feeling well, uh, but we enjoyed recording this episode, and we hope that you like it as much as we do. Well, you said that you wanted to play Persona, so I'm trying to push through. Look, I'm not playing Persona until I go get my until after I go get my shot. So I can't play Persona anywhere. Oh, are you getting the vaccine? Yeah. Huh. I'm I getting it. What you meant by shot? At yeah, I'm like... getting my I'm getting my, the second vaccine shot at eight thirty. I should have mm-hmm. got it Monday, but they were like, "Oh, so we're about to close." I'm like, "You told me to be here by seven forty-five." Looks over. It's 742. Yeah. Should really get that. Because, well, I don't know anymore. Because I'm fully vaccinated and I still tested positive. So. I mean, it just means your chances are lower. Doesn't mean you still can't get it. I know. I'm just mad because there's a person at work. but She didn't get vaccinated and she doesn't wear a mask at work. And she's the only one on our team that isn't vaccinated and I got it from her and now I'm in isolation and I'm sitting in my closet because I am sad. I bet. And alone because I can't pet my dogs. I literally cried for four hours straight on Friday. Oh man. No lie. I know that feeling though. (laughs) Like I just I just felt so sad and lonely and i'm like i feel like i didn't do enough to protect myself because jen had to go get tested and so that means that means he had to stay home from work and his entire team had to stay home from work until his test came back in which his were both negative but because we still work at the same place we still have to corn i still have to quarantine myself from him and since we have pets if i pet them that means it could transfer to him yeah. So I can't pet the dogs, and I don't know. Like, I just, it's it's hard. And I'm sad and depressed, and I know I'm depressed because I haven't eaten anything in, like, four days. Other than watermelon <laughs> and some crackers. But I finished my notes. There you and go. And the only thing that got me through yesterday was I was translating a 
bunch of Italian articles. Italian? Yes, okay. So, since I knew I was going to have a lot of time on my hands, I was like, all right, I can actually dig through international files for the story that I wanted to do. And I originally wanted to do a story from from South Korea, but I couldn't find a single newspaper article on the building that I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And all of the ghost... I mean, I found a lot of ghost stories, but they were on, like, websites that also had fictional stuff. Yeah. And so I couldn't even guarantee that those ghost stories were real, you know, in-person accounts. And then the few articles that I did find that weren't necessarily about, like, the ghost story part. It was just kind of about, like, the building's history. Mm-hmm. They literally said over and over again, this is just speculation or no one really knows. And I'm like, then why put this on the list of the 30 most haunted places in the world if there is no information? <laughs> that I can access. So I have a friend who's actually in South Korea right now. And I was like, maybe the information's on your side of the internet. Probably. So I asked him to see if he could find anything. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to do that place. And I was like, all right, well, what's another fun place that I could do? So then there's this castle in Germany. And I was like, awesome. There's so much research on this. There's so much research. (laughs) So much. I went down like four different rabbit holes. Got sucked into this uh, theological study on some satanic altar that they think they found in the basement. Uh, Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. Turns out it was a load of crap, which I knew it was. I see, I see all of these episodes on, like, ghost adventures and stuff where, and even ghost hunters where the people are like, they used to hold satanic rituals here and there was a satanic sacrifice. And I'm just like, do you guys know how rare actual human satanic sacrifices are? There has only been one documented in the United States and that's not even confirmed It is a documented possibility that we will never know. Anyways, there was no way I was going to be able to finish that research yesterday because I was really tired because I haven't eaten hardly anything. So I picked a place that I already had a bunch of research done, but I was needing a lot of... I wanted to see if I could find more accounts of what was going on there. And so I was searching through Italian newspaper articles, which took me almost all day because my Italian is very, very terrible. So I am very sorry to anybody who speaks Italian. (laughs) I studied it in college only because I went to Rome. And that's about as much as I know. Because for whatever reason, I'm good with languages, but the Romance languages just don't stick with me. I'm terrible at French. I'm terrible at Spanish. I'm terrible at Italian so okay (sighs) oh oh my gosh guess what what okay so you know how I told you that when Jet and I were in um Jefferson and we were staying at that B&B that wasn't haunted and the Alexa came on Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night and then Jet looked at his 
phone and it was 3.33 in the morning, mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast called Astonishing Legends, which is an older podcast, but I binge. So I have all of these podcasts saved Jesus. and then I just binge them one by one. And so I finally just got down the list to this one. And they had this whole episode on, gosh, I don't even remember what the whole episode was about, but they do certain episodes where they just get people that they know on the podcast to like talk about crazy stuff that's happened to them. Mm-hmm. Well, they were talking about this one possession and the the certain demons that were inside this person and blah, blah, blah. And one of the people on the podcast was kind of like speculating on why everything happens, you know, between 12 a.m. and like 3 a.m. And it's supposedly their witching hour is like midnight, but a lot of people say the witching hour is between 3 and 4 because that's when like people wake up like during like demonic possessions and stuff like that's when a lot of stuff happens and then they were like it's very significant 3 33 a.m is a direct opposite of the holy trinity and something about jesus rising like i think he rose from the dead on easter sunday at 3 33 p.m or something like that apparently and so like 3 33 a.m is like the devil's time to rise or some some shit and I was just like I that what I did not need to hear that and I certainly cannot tell Jet this because he will lose his mind yes he will and he will never go back to the Green Gables ever again so that was something I was not prepared to hear but I just thought everybody in the uh, podcast universe should know that we might have almost been possessed by a Frank Sinatra loving demon at the Green Gables. I can find no other explanation for that happening. Okay. Now that I've... I didn't really rant about work as much as I had planned to, but that's okay because you have somewhere to be. All right. It's all good, because even if we don't, like, finish up, we can always record some more. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So, yeah. So, we are traveling to Italy today. My Italian is very rough, as I just said, but I did my best when translating some of these witness accounts, uh, which I say all. There wasn't really that many. A lot of the articles just kind of cited the same ones over and over again, which, of course, I didn't know until I started trying to read them and translate them. Um, Because, well, the reasons kind of speak for itself. But one thing that I did notice during my research is that this topic is very, very poignant and apropos to our current world situation at the moment. (laughs) Hashtag pandemic. And I didn't do it on purpose, just happened to be one of the places that I already had a ton of information on. So I got a lot of information from this article, uh, or I got a lot of information for this episode from an article on the Travel Channel's website. I also watched an episode of Ghost Adventures, 
with Zach. Is it? I think it's Baggins, but I'm going to call him Baggins <laughs> because Lord of the Rings and I'm having a bad day. Actually, I'm having a bad week. So we're going to call him Zach Baggins. I don't condone his methods of investigation, but he gets to go to a lot more places than a lot of these other investigators get to go. So that's why I watched it. Also, Jet and I like to make fun of him and his biceps. <laughs> they are inhumanly huge. Like, they are just unnatural and probably full of ghosts. <laughs> that is the only explanation for why his muscles are as big as they are. Ghosts. All right. So, we are going to talk about Isola di Poveria Venezia. Uh, let me try that again. Isola di Poveria Venezia which is the island of Pavalia outside of Venice. Well, it's in the Venice Lagoon. So we're going to hit a bit of geography here for a second. So on the other side of Italy, in the Adriatic Sea, um, there's, I think that's, the Adriatic Sea is between Italy and Croatia. And the part of Italy that wraps around that top bit of Europe there uh, is where Venice is. And Venice, people, a lot of people think that Venice is like on the ocean, but technically Venice is uh, right on the edge of a saltwater marsh. So it's not the ocean, but it is saltwater. Um, and there's a lot of mud in the in the water there which is why it's a marsh and not necessarily the ocean and the original city of venice was actually built on um logs that were shoved into the mud hmm. and so because of erosion that's technically why the city is sinking as they say it's not really that the water level is rising or at least that's what i read but i'm not a scientist so what do i know but you're um, Anderson. that's all you need <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> All right. So in that section of the Adriatic Sea, the Venice Lagoon uh, has about, well, Pavalia is between Venice and the island of Lido. And those are kind of the borders of the Venice Lagoon. There are a number of islands in this lagoon, but the island of Pavalia is the only one of those islands that has an extensive and very gruesome past. This island is also known as Isola di Non Ritorno, which is the island of no return, and it's and even sometimes called Isola della Morte, which is island of death. <laughs> uh, this island is known as the most haunted island in the entire world. And while it may not actually be the world's most haunted island, because there is an island of dolls. Yeah, I hear it. Um, it certainly is the most haunted place in all of Italy. Okay. Uh, though Pavalia is has a very treacherous existence. Or no, not though. That says through. I can read. <laughs> My eyes are still messed up from crying so much on Friday. Everything's blurry. No way. I know. It's totally pathetic. 
Nah. Okay. Through Povelia's treacherous existence, the island has been a stronghold, a refuge, a place of exile, and a dumping ground for the diseased, dying, and deceased. The island first appeared on maps in 421 BCE, I assume, but none of the articles that I read said BCE or AD, so we're just going to assume BCE. Men, women, and children fled from the mainland of Italy to the island from barbaric invaders. Uh, I think I read that they were Germanic and Hun invaders. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, the Huns. Uh, The Huns did spread quite a a bit through uh, Europe. Um, so the people who came to Pavalia were fleeing barbarians and the island, since it was so small, it made it very defensible, but at the same time, it was highly undesirable for potential invaders because it literally had nothing to offer. It's so small. There's no thriving ecosystem. So there's, there's not an abundance of plant life like variety of plant life or uh animal life really so what does it have to offer not much so the people that moved there for centuries got to exist there in peace and they avoided the taxes and the laws of the mainland unfortunately by the 14th century which is the 1300s because remember you got to go back a number yep unfortunately Yup. Uh, by the 14th century, the population dwindled, and a lot of them were forced. A lot of the people were forced to move to a neighboring island of uh, Judeca during uh, the conflict. Well, the last conflict between Venice and Genoa. Um, and Judeca, I spent forever trying to figure out how to pronounce that yesterday. Because looking at it, it just doesn't look like it's spelled that way. And I was like, does a double C have a C-H sound? Or is it a K sound? I don't know. And then Google was like, which version of Italian are we speaking here? <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're speaking Venetian Italian. But then all of the references I could find were mainland Italian or Sicilian. And so we're just going to say it how a bunch of people in a YouTube video said it. <laughs> Um, so after the majority of the population of Povelia moved to Jude- uh, Judeca, the island was abandoned. Now, around the mid-12th century, which would be the 1100s, uh, the Black Plague arrived in Venice, and Povelia became a quarantine colony. So this is before it was completely abandoned. Um, like my hopes and dreams. <laughs> Yours and mine. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Povelia became a quarantine colony and a lazaretto, which is like an open air cemetery of sorts. Basically, it's a mass grave, but they don't bury anybody. Like, it's just a pit. And they just toss the bodies in there and then they just leave them. <laughs> Grizzly fun fact, the plague killed one out of three Europeans. Jesus. 
Uh, so Venice exiled many symptom-bearing citizens to Povelia. Uh, they would drag people there, kicking and screaming at the smallest sign of infection. And arrival on the island was a very clear death sentence. So once you got put there, you did not make it off alive. The dead and those that were too ill to protest were burned on giant pyres at the center of the island, and the ashes were dumped into mass graves. Now, not all of the bodies were burned. Some were just kind of tossed in, as I said, because, you know, they're just open-air cemeteries. Uh, no grave markers. There's no list of people. Um, today, it's estimated that 60% of the plague fields... Topsoil is human ashes and bone fragments. That got dark. <laughs> Y'all. So you can walk out into the... Pl- well, you can't really go there right now. Or any... Can't go there anymore. But uh, essentially, you can walk out onto the plague fields and try to dig. You can dig really easily because it's not dirt. It's very loose and... It doesn't look like dirt because most of it is human ash. Um, the number of people who died there is in the tens of thousands of people. It's estimated to be around 160,000 people over the couple of centuries that it was a quarantine colony. And... The fires returned to the island in 1630 when the plague swept through Venice again. So the plague actually swept through Europe about three times. Didn't know if people knew that, but it wasn't just a a one-time occurrence because, I mean, what's the pandemic doing right now? This is like, what, the third surge? Accurate. So maybe we're on the other side of it, but it took hundreds of years for the plague to die out in Europe. And it actually exists in the U.S. today. We can just treat it if we can find it or diagnose it in time. Um, okay, so during the French Revolution, Napoleon's military campaign relied on Povelia's dark history, ghost stories, and defensible pos- defensible position to protect stores of gunpowder and weapons. It also acted as a checkpoint for all goods and people coming and going from Venice by ship uh, since the plague was often spread by contaminated fleas on rats. It wasn't really the rat's fault. It was the fleas on the rats. Um, But they were being spread because these fleas would be on rats that are in the bilges of ships. So the island was used to screen people entering and leaving Venice to try and prevent the spread because Venice was a major port city. Um, in 1922, the buildings and the warehouses constructed on the island were reconstructed and turned into a home for the elderly. Mistake number the one. The furniture, huh? That's a mistake number one. I mean, this is mistake, like, number eight here, oh, but okay. also true, but I was just like, <laughs> I was like, there it is. The furniture and medical equipment that remains among the ruins clearly point to this hospital being an asylum rather than a geriatric center, but it's documented in the municipal archives as a geriatric center. But everybody knows it wasn't one. 
once you were diagnosed with a mental illness and taken to Povelia, there was no hope for re- rehabilitation or retribution. The only purpose of the island at this time was to isolate the mentally ill from the rest of society. Now, this is in the 1920s, but it's in Europe. So this is very fascist Europe. And it's important to point out that any way of thinking or behavior that was outside of the social cultural norms of the time were considered mental illnesses. Uh, most commonly female deviants, for example. Deviance period was a common symptom of mental illness uh, during the fascist period of France and Italy. Uh, other things that could get you committed were behaviors such as laziness and novel reading. What? Yeah. Oh. So if you were a woman and you were reading novels instead of doing your daily duties, you could be committed to an insane asylum. Not specifically the Povelia, but just any insane asylum. Well, you would have been SOL. I know. Man, I'd have been put in the mental facility before I was 12 years old. <laughs> Anyways. So there are rumors that in the 1930s, a doctor performed a strange and inhumane, not a, the doctor performed strange and inhumane experience on the patients in the old bell tower of the hospital. Uh, At the time, I think the bell was removed from the bell tower and he just used that space for things that were not medically condoned. Uh, He reportedly went insane either with guilt for all of his patients that died at his hands, or he was driven mad by the torment of the ghosts on the island. And then he threw, I am doing air quotes, threw himself out of a window in the bell tower. Jeez. So he either threw himself, but a lot of people say he was thrown out of the bell tower by an unseen force. Uh, There was a nurse who witnessed this incident and reported that the doctor initially survived the fall, but was overtaken by a strange white mist that, quote, took his last breath from him. Excuse me? So, in other words, (laughs) he didn't die from the fall, and so whatever pushed him out of the window or convinced him to throw himself out of the window finished the job. It's like he he's like he's like I'm alive and then the mist comes over. Nah, fam. Nah. Nope, this is an island of death. You need to be dead. Mhm. Okay. So even before this island was officially abandoned in the 1960s, I think, patients of the hospital reported strange shadows moans cries and other sounds on the island around them their claims were dismissed of course because they were already insane so they have to be making it up but many patients seem to be convinced that the island was haunted by the souls of the dead plague victims and those the cries of the the plague victims would torment them for their entire existence on that island um The asylum closed in 1975, not 60s, so 1970s, and was abandoned, and the island has remained vacant ever since, despite a thriving population of white rabbits. So they're the only things that live on that island besides, like, bugs and birds. No, 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 you said it right. They're the only things that live on that island. They've eliminated everything else. Don't let them out of you. I won't. Okay. You saw right through that. (laughs) 
Okay, so today the island is closed to the public due to the dangerous conditions of the buildings on the island. Literally, everything is falling apart. The ceilings are caving in. The bell tower, I think, is leaning. Gee, sounds like my love life. Um, <laughs> I'm on it today, guys, if you can't tell. On what, your commentary? Yes. That's what they're here for. They're not here for my stories. They're here for your commentary, so better stay stay on it. Yeah, I, I pick and choose at this point. I pick my battles. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, yes, the island is closed to the public due to the dangerous conditions of the buildings. Uh, they are all condemned. They are all falling apart. Uh, that, of course, doesn't stop curious explorers from coming to the island under the cover of darkness. They all seem to leave clearly spooked and tormented. It is said that anybody who leaves the island never leaves the same. Recently, some reconstruction efforts took place on the island, uh, but those efforts came to a very abrupt stop with no explanation, and locals seemed to think that they were scared off by the ghosts. <laughs> Fishermen steer clear of the island for fear of being cursed, and most locals in Venice and other nearby islands, such as Lido and Chudeca, refuse to even speak about Povelia. They basically just ignore it. It doesn't exist. We don't talk about it here. It's the mafia in Sicily. Yeah, but that's not they how that works. <laughs> I mean, to Italians it is. Oh my gosh. Seriously, when I was in Sicily studying organized crime, we had to go around and ask random people what they knew or if they were still feared or if they still feared the mafia and they literally wouldn't talk to us. They would just like walk away. <laughs> and that's exactly what these people were doing to Zach Baggins. In the show, in that episode that, that Jet and I watched, he's, like, going up to people and, like, trying to speak in Italian with a translator or whatever, and they just look at him and then walk away, or they just say no and then walk away. Huh. There's one girl that almost ran him over with a bike. Oh, like, my goodness. I mean, he tried to stop her, like, stop her to ask her. But as soon as she heard the word Povelia, she just kept on going, and his dumbass didn't get out of the way. What? So it was his fault, but it was still funny nonetheless. Um, paranormal researchers that have gotten special permission, like Zach Baggins, to investigate the island have documented shadows, disembodied voices, and screams. Oh, no. Audible screams. Uh, there's also a high electromagnetic field on the island, despite there not being any electricity anywhere. Uh, it has been theorized by paranormal researchers that certain sediments and minerals can retain energy, including magnetic energy, and that spirits can use that energy to manifest themselves, so they drop energy from equipment or, uh, like, batteries. Uh, sometimes they'll even try to draw energy from a person to manifest themselves or get energy to create activity or respond or whatever. But I would also like to point out that it is scientifically pr proven that certain minerals and sediments do retain energy and can become quite magnetic and host a magnetic field, and most of the Adriatic coast is made up of carbonate deposits, and the two most common carbonate deposits are limestone and dolomite. Hmm. 
and limestone has been known to act as a natural battery, whether that's for actual natural energy or for paranormal activity. Uh, there are quite a few buildings in the U.S. that are built uh, with limestone or on top of huge limestone deposits, and those places seem to have a lot of spiritual activity. But scientifically speaking, like that could just be a very natural phenomena because a lot of the Adriatic Sea is made up of two minerals that are known to hold energy and be magnetic. So that may or may not be paranormal, but I do find that very interesting. And I'm not saying that because I spent two hours on a tangent. So you didn't spend two hours on a cosine? Not a coastline. I spend two hours researching. No, no, you said no. You said on a tangent, so I said cosine. It's, it's oh it's, math. It's a math joke. <laughs> I didn't get the math joke. Uh, it's okay. No one else will either. <laughs> I'm sure some people will. All three of them. All three of them. My sister will. She's good at math. Which one? Maddie, the youngest. Of course, it's the youngest. It's apparently it's a young thing. Yeah, it definitely ain't an oldest you, you, thing. You old heads be like, what? <laughs> Back in my Hey, that's day. not true because my mom is the baby and she's not good at math either. She's the baby as far as we know. Nah, nah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we already had the whole long lost sibling drama in my family. We, we, are, we do not need to find another child that, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not going there. But yes, I did spend two hours researching the magnetic properties of limestone. <laughs> and dolomite, because I had never heard of dolomite, but I knew that there's a very famous hotel and spa in the U.S. that was built upon limestone deposits. And during the uh, when tuberculosis was like a huge thing, people were going to this hotel for the mineral water in the springs because they were thinking that it could heal them and then ghost hunters went and investigated there and they were like this whole place is built on top of a huge limestone deposit it can literally hold all of that energy here and and act as a fuel center for residual activity so it absorbs the energy from an event and then that event replays itself over and over again sus how is that sus? No, it's like it's a, no, I'm no, no, like wait, it depends. Like it's like it's like it replays it over and over again. It's like mm, suspect. It's like you start to question things. Um. Yes. I mean, I'm already questioning my entire life at the moment, so that didn't surprise me. But I went on a very scientific tangent, and there is a very certain listener who will be very, very proud of me for exploring alternate explanations. For this magnetic field. Look at you being productive. Yep. Ah. Aha. That's almost that was almost a magnet joke. But that's, yeah. like, that's close enough. <laughs> uh, on the island, it is very common for electronic equipment to malfunction, batteries to be drained, and people to be drained. Uh as I just said, paranormal researchers believe that spirits can draw energy from their equipment and batteries and investigators in order to manifest themselves. So this is just a very common phenomena that seems to happen on the island. Uh, locals that do talk about the island or were willing to talk about the island, whether through um, Italian 
journalists and newspaper articles or directly to investigators that have gone and kind of asked around. Uh, they report seeing ghosts, white lights, and white shadows roaming the island all times of the day. So sometimes they'll see like an actual person walking and they can, and they know that no one's supposed to be on the island. So that's what they would, that's what they're calling a ghost is they're seeing full body apparitions on the island that are not see-through. But then other times, other times they're seeing just white mists or white shadows. So it's like the formation of a figure, but it looks like smoke, um, but not as thick. And then at night, or even sometimes during the day, there were a couple of people that said that they just see like lights. And so I don't know if they're, if they were trying to describe that as like an orb, which orbs are just energy. They do not prove a haunting. (laughs) They occur naturally in nature, but there is theories that they could point to a haunting or aid in a haunting, whatever. I hate orbs. They mean hardly anything. There's no proof. But people, locals in in Italian, locals in Venice and in surrounding areas report strange lights on the island. Among full body apparitions and random white mists roaming around, not just at night, all hours of the day. And this is people that are on neighboring islands, but also boaters. Because there's a lot of fishermen in the area and a lot of people who do boat tours for tourists. And they have to go by the island. Um, Other people who visit the island report a myriad of phenomena, including phantom smells in the plague fields, an overwhelming feeling of dread, and a sudden intense urge to flee. In the uh, (laughs) Ghost Adventures episode that Jet and I watched... At the beginning of the episode, they have, like, a guide who took them to the island. And as soon as this... Because the whole point was they were going to spend the night on the island investigating. And so they were there during the day and just kind of walking around with one of the historians. And they wanted to go into the, the hospital building. And this guy... The guy was like, no, I'm not going in there. You you have fun with that. I will be here when you get out. And then they come out. And this dude's on a boat. Fleeing. <laughs> he just left their asses there he said bye good luck have fun and they're like bro what hey you do what you gotta do i just thought that was really funny he said anastasia tricked you bye fun fact number two i think italy doesn't even want this island uh. <laughs> they put it up for sale in 2014 <laughs> i actually think it went up for sale in 2010 but nobody wanted it. And then they lowered the price in 2014 or put some sort of incentive out there. And an Italian businessman purchased it, but he refuses to visit the island. He bought it planning to build like a hotel or some sort of luxurious resort there. But nothing's been done to the island since he bought it. Like it just sits there vacant. And while the the island was up for sale originally, a family requested permission to visit the island. They also thought about building a vacation home there. And they left in a rush mere hours after arriving on the island, refusing to comment on why exactly. It was discovered later that the daughter of the family was immediately taken to the nearest hospital and given... Why did I write seven? It's... Some, some resources said 14, others said 20. 
So we're just going to guesstimate that she got about 15 stitches on her face. But the fact you wrote seven. I know. I wrote seven stitches. But I'm looking at the article in it, and I'm reading 20 here, but then in my notes, my handwritten notes, it says 14. And I remember reading 14 and 20 several times. So I, don't, I don't know where seven came from. But a nurse told a reporter that the family said she was slashed by an angry residential spirit. Uh, the article actually uh, used the word uh, uh which means ripped or torn apart in Italian. Is that squarciato? Yeah, squarciato. It means like ripped open or torn apart. So something attacked her face. I don't know what attacked her face because like I said, the only thing that lives there are white rabbits. So either she got attacked by a rabid white rabbit or she got attacked by a ghost. Why not a ghost of a rabid white rabbit? Try saying that three times fast. It ain't gonna happen. I really sat here and thought about it. I was like, because uh, <laughs> it, it took it took it was a whole thought process to say it the first time when I pieced it together. <laughs> I heard I heard that the enunciation and the the effort that you put into saying. Yeah, because I was sitting here and I was like, all right, and then I said it. I was like, all right, I, I think that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, two British urban explorers recently visited the island. I didn't say if that was a legal or an illegal visit, but they reported, among other things, large charred containers that may have been used to burn human remains, probably pure speculation, but I thought that was creepy, so I added it. They also claimed to hear the bell tolling from the bell tower. The Undertaker. Even though the bell isn't in the bell tower. I think one of them said that they were smelling the smell of, like, human decay, and... They posted their video on their YouTube channel, and it's titled Finders Beepers History Seekers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch their video, but I'm going to. I just I just want to see what they're all about, because that's, that's a hilarious and very clever name. I like it. So that was Finders Beepers History Seekers on YouTube. Okay, so the most common reports of paranormal activity are disembodied voices. Uh, that also includes EVPs, but the difference between electronic voice phenomena is uh, a disembodied voice is something that you hear in real time with your own ears or with equipment. And then an EVP is something that you hear later on during your evidence review that's on a recorder of some sort. So an EVP you do not hear in real time. So they do get a lot of disembodied voices, a lot of EVPs. Uh, locals and visitors report cries for help, uh, coughs of the sick, and warnings to leave and never come back. Uh, one of the most prominent uh, reports that I found cited in newspaper articles was this person that literally got shouted at. Uh -uh. And it just said, it didn't say, like, get out or go away. It said like flee and never come back like run go back and zach baggins and his crew got an evp that jet seems to think says go back 
I didn't hear it go back, but he did. And he, he listened to it like eight times. Well, this is also where you don't trust him. Be like, hey, you know, I didn't hear it go back. I hear something else, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, it's like, that sounds like an animal sound to me, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> but that, that, that also gives me a segue to talk about something called uh, audio matrixing. And that's like the phenomena where you have a fan going in the background or some sort of white noise and your brain is trying to make sense of that. And so a lot of people hear their name being called or just faint whispering or music uh, with that audio matrixing thing. Um, But that does happen a lot with EVPs because it's literally an electronic rendering of something. People hear different things. And so a lot of skeptics, I should say, don't believe in EVPs as a sign of hauntings because they can be misconstrued or just questionable like you can't make out what they're saying or even if you think it's very obvious this other person may think it's not uh so a lot evps are traditionally just kind of left up for interpretation unless it's a a very very clear get out fuck off sorry for my french but amy and adam literally got an evp in a kindred spirits episode that said fuck off and jet and i were like okay we go now jesus yeah i mean i never thought that i would hear that on television but they didn't even bleep it out Uh. and amy and adam just looked at each other and said all right that's never happened before But then Amy was like, to the owner, she was like, all right, listen, now I need you to be calm before I let you hear this. This does not mean that this is a malicious spirit. It means you have a very cranky ghost in your basement. This does not mean necessarily that you're in danger here. It just means that he's pissed off or he's cranky. And I'd be like, listen, I don't care. All it means is he just hasn't had his coffee yet. All right, well, so maybe they need to brew coffee every morning and leave it out for him. You say that to all of a sudden, you see, like, the cup start slowly going down. And you're like, hey. and you're like, and you're like, DQ was right. And I'm like, yes, I know. Listen, if that's what it takes to get the ghost off my back, if I can't leave. Because a lot of people in these situations that are hearing about the stories afterwards are like, why didn't the family just leave? Well, maybe they can't. Maybe they don't have anywhere to go or they don't have the money to leave. You better find it real fast. Well, yes. I'd be like, I don't cur. We going somewhere. Just hop on the bus. It's like, it's like, all we have is our car. I guess you about to live in there. I guess for you about- living in your car now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can live in my car for about a month. Yep. Um. Go to the local, go to the local gym, hop in the shower. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be homeless in our car because our house is haunted by a very angry ghost and coffee didn't even make him happy it's like oh no 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 if i leave the house because of the ghost it ain't my house anymore well that's true that's the ghost's house exactly okay so a lot of people report uh the phantom smells that's a very common phenomena on the island people report the smell of burning wood Sulfur, which is a sign of malicious or demonic activity, 
and the smell of death, like the two urban researchers reported. But uh, seriously, a lot of even the locals uh, still state that they can smell the smell of decay when the wind picks up, even though it's been decades since there since there was actual like rotting dead bodies on the island. Uh, I don't know if I wrote this somewhere else, but fun fact again, <laughs> again, fact? is this three or four? It should be three. Okay, fun fact number three: bones still wash up on the shore of the island. <laughs> No, oh, I thought that sounds. That's I thought that's more normal. Now hear me out when I say normal, because you gotta think, people died and they're like in died in the water, so it isn't like the it ain't like the fish just ate the bones. I mean they could have, but eventually something's gotta wash up, so it's not as you know off the wall, but it's still like one of those things where it's just like nope. It's still creepy, and it actually has been documented that uh, executions took place on Povelia as well. And so they would be, like, criminals would be drowned on the island or, uh, like, like off the rocks on the shore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's probably some bones at the bottom of the lagoon somewhere, and those are either being washed up. But there's also, like, charred bones that are being unearthed by erosion and then washing up on shore. And that that still happens several times a year, and people just, I mean, that's pretty normal for them. Um, Investigators have also reported that their clothes have been tugged on. Uh, A few have reported getting slapped and shoved and even choked by an unforeseen, an unseen force. Them, so there's some fighting words right there. Yeah, this is a very violent island. A lot of, I mean, there was a lot of articles that I read, but they all just report the same activity over and over again, even if it's different people. You know, they're they're getting, you know, slapped or uh, yelled at or choked, or they just had this very overwhelming you know, anger or dread kind of, you know, wash over them and they got really agitated. Uh, my, um, I have a bullet that I was going to get to in a minute. Uh, Zach Baggins, uh, he got special permission to visit the island for his show in season three. And during the investigation, um, aside from the documented, uh, disembodied voices, um, they saw shadows darting around the halls in, when they were inside the hospital, and uh, they f- smelt that phantom burning sp- smell. Um, but there was this one point in the investigation where Zach seemed to think that he was possessed by a demonic spirit. Okay, now, Zach thinks every malicious spirit is demonic, but... At one point, he was he was over. He got very very angry at one of his crew members, and he started screaming and shouting and cursing. And he literally wanted to hit this person that he's been friends with forever. He wanted to attack him, and then he came out of it. And they were kind of talking to him about it, and he was like, "I don't really remember a lot of it, but I just remember feeling like I needed to die here. Like this is a place of death." And then he like went off by himself, and then was crouching in the middle of the floor in some other section of the building and was like, they want us to effing die here and blah, blah, blah. And it was very dramatic. Zach is a very dramatic person, even more so than me. But 
he's not the only person to report that happening when they when they do investigations there whether it's an actual paranormal investigator or people that just kind of snuck on the island a lot of people have said that you know they've been around people who've just changed randomly like while they're there and then they leave and they're obviously spooked because they either got possessed or a friend or somebody that they were with just completely changed personality like in the snap of a finger that's like horror film 101 yeah aka it's either i mean it's like it's it's you or them at that point that's a joke that's a joke before anybody thinks i'm serious well, you did say it was it the last episode that you were like, I'd save my dog, but nobody else. Hey, look, look, there <laughs> that's called priority because at the very end of the day, there's undying loyalty with Jackson. Everybody else, you see this people with different personalities, their personalities change at the snap of a finger. My dog goes to sleep on a snap of a finger, okay? Or he might bark, ooh, but see that there was no question. They're over here changing and everything else. Like, I don't have to worry about that with my dog. Because what if I save somebody? And they're like, a couple of days later, I look up. They're a whole different person. I wake up. They're standing over me. And I'm like, you know what? This is why I should have saved my dog. All right. Touche. That makes sense. So, locals report that even though the bell tower has been dismantled, uh, they can still hear the bell tolling from the island. Um, and what I mean by dismantled is the bell was removed from the tower, but the bell tower is still there. And that got kind of confusing because in a lot of the information that I was reading, it said that the tower was dismantled. And that makes you think that they tore the tower down or the tower fell. Or both. But, or both. Um, in the episode of Ghost Adventures, you can they go in... Well, they don't, you can't go in the bell tower anymore because the ladder is not really even intact. Like, it's very fragile. Like, you touch something in these buildings and it just breaks. And it's completely exposed to the elements. Ceilings are caved in. So the ladder that goes up to the bell tower is crumbling. Um, but they were at the bottom of the bell tower. And so you can see it in the episode. It's still there. There is no bell in the tower to be heard. Now, there are neighboring islands and the island of i think Lido has a very big church and that does have a bell in it um but i couldn't hear it tolling at any point during the episode so i don't know if that's what they're hearing or if they specifically are like on the island of Lido and or maybe that bell on Lido chimes at like a specific time every day and it's one of those times, like, in the middle of the night where it's not supposed to be chiming and they're still hearing a bell. I don't really know. But that's just a claim that they have. Could possibly be something else, but it didn't happen in the episode of Ghost Adventures, so I can't debunk it completely. Completely. Partially, yes. Yeah. Partially, yes. It could be something else. Um, okay, and so the last major thing that happened in the Ghost Adventures episode was... All right, Zach does some weird stuff. He likes to entice and aggravate spirits in order to stem or stimulate activity. I do not condone that as an investigative technique at all because 
you're literally aggravating something that you can't see. Mistake and number one. You mistake number one, and you're on an island where a lot of the activity is very violent. It has a very violent past. I really don't think egging it on and pushing its buttons is the smartest move, but that's sort of like his signature move. And I don't condone it, but that's that's what he does. And in this particular episode, he put on a plague doctor's mask, stuffed it with herbs like the plague doctors would have because they thought that that would keep the germs out, also help with the smell of decaying flesh, and general uncleanliness because hygiene in those days was non-existent. He puts it on. He's driving around the island with it on during the day. And then in the middle of the night, they go out to the plague fields. He puts it on again. He's asking questions. He's doing an EVP session. So it's him and two crew members or two of his friends. And both of his two friends or crew members have, um, like, more professional equipment. And then Zach is holding out, like, a DVR handheld camera and uh, digital audio with a mic and so he's standing out there in the middle of the field they kind of dug around a little bit they've got machetes so they're you know being men you know chopping stuff down and saying i got a machete you can come at me blah 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 which it's a ghost if it comes at you your machete is not going to help you sir um he's standing out there and he's being a butthole with his mask on and you hear footsteps like crunching through the underbrush of the area around them because there's not really a lot of trees in that section of the island because that section of the island is 60% human ash and so tree roots can't really take hold there so it's just grass grass it's just grass and other you know small shrubbery um I say small. There's some taller shrubs, but they're not trees. But there's a very big population of rabbits on the island. So at first you're kind of like, oh, there's a rabbit moving around in the woods. Whatever. Well, then they get really close to Zach and his crew member that are standing in the middle of the field. While he's like crouched down and like being all creepy and asking questions with a stupid death mask on. (laughs) And... They run up to him and his friend kind of like jumps back because it sounds like they're run- it's running towards him. But then they take a turn and the island is kind of a weird shape, but it's separated. And so the island is kind of broken into two parts. The plague fields are separated now from the rest of the island via a canal. And there's a wooden bridge that goes over that canal. And... Zach made this huge big thing where he feels he has this personal belief, blah, 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 that spirits can't cross bodies of water. Well, he just disproved himself here because they're out in the field. His other crew member is standing on the bridge over the water, over the canal, with or next to their tripod that they set up to to film the, the plague fields the entire night. And so you can see them in the video feed from the from the tripod camera. And then you can see the kind of the elbow of the person that's standing next to it. Um, and 
Zach's out there doing whatever. This camera doesn't, uh, the tri the camera on the tripod doesn't have audio, but in the episode, they cut it to where you're watching Zach do a stupid thing with his desk mask, and then you can hear the footsteps come run. I mean, they pick up speed, and they come run t- past Zach. His other crew member kind of steps back out of the way because he thinks they're coming towards him. Then they turn and run across the bridge, and you can hear audible footsteps run up the bridge, and then the tripod gets knocked over. Mm-mm. And when they hear the footsteps, they both stop, and both Zach and the other guy in the field kind of turn towards the bridge, and in their footage, you can see that the other guy didn't touch the tripod. And so you can hear audible footsteps run up towards the camera and knock it over. And I'm like, all right, Zach, well, you were just making a big stink about how spirits can't cross this body of water. Well, one just ran across that bridge. So what you got to say for yourself? What you mean? He didn't see it happen. (laughs) No one ever likes to be wrong, okay? Especially not Zach Baggins, the dumbass who opened the dibbit box. I can never forgive him for that. I'll tell you about that in a later episode because I will be doing one on that. But that's a um, a certain trinket that he has in his uh, haunted museum in Las Vegas. Why Las Vegas? I don't know. But I want to go to his museum. Oh my god. Well, that's a, that's a between. I think he has Peggy the doll there. Well, that's between you and Jed at this point. Oh, Jet won't go with me. Okay, so I'm going to my next thing. That's what's saying you and God at this point. <laughs> I have another friend who's going to go with me. I said what I said. <laughs> I know you did, but it's for research purposes. He also has the, 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 the death mobile of a serial killer. Again? What? And I'm pretty sure he has stuff from Charles Manson. At that point. And... Memorabilia of Natalie Wood. Because she was murdered. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's got a bunch of weird stuff in his museum. It's it's crazy. But when uh, the pan- when the lockdown first happened for uh, the pandemic, he did this whole thing where he locked himself and his crew members inside of his haunted hotel. Like, they did their lockdown. Not his haunted hotel, his haunted museum. And they did a bunch of really stupid crap. Like, open the Dybbuk box. So. And the last person who opened it thought she started World War II. (laughs) So, there's that. That's that's just a little snapshot of who Mr. Baggins is. Um, Very adventurous, but not as smart as uh, everybody's favorite hobbit. But yeah, that's pretty much all that happened. That's all I got for you. That's a short, that's a short, short one. I know. I wanted it to be longer, but like I said, all of the articles and stuff that I spent forever translating all just said the same thing. It's all the same stuff. They're very violent. They're very just run-of-the-mill stuff, but a lot of it, I mean, just a lot of the activity, it's all the same, but people are getting hit and slapped and yelled at. It's pretty much all that happens there. Dinky, yep. But yeah, that's all I got today. So what's uh DQ's corner? Oh man. 
Oh man, you put me on the spot. Hold up. Normally I'm good for this. <laughs> all right. So avoid Las Vegas at all costs. Apparently that change that's a game changer. Um, <laughs> or if you do, just you're gonna want to go to the museum, and I'm not sure why, cause you all heard it before. Curiosity killed the cat, and even though the cat has nine lives, we all don't. So I'm just. But satisfaction brought it back. No uh, no 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 no. That's the part that we just like leave out because that's when the people be like, oh. I can use you that. You can't do that. I. You have to take a phrase in its full form. You can't take half and make it applicable to to whatever you want. Have you not heard of two thousand? Never mind. Have you not heard of America history? <laughs> I just saying. All right, all right, all right. Give me a sec. Give me a second. Uh, and then also, guys, guys, guys. If you're just at a haunted island, first of all, why are you there? Think about it, guys. Because they stupid. Exactly. Just kidding. You guys aren't stupid. Now, if you there, you stupid. There's there's no there's no coming back from that. I'm calling you stupid. But okay. But if you but if but unless you just like you know have a shipwreck and wash up there, then you just get on your knees and pray to whatever you pray to. I'm not gonna assume you pray to you know the same God I pray to, but you know you're gonna have to question yourself at this point. You're like, man, I'll be fine. And then when when help doesn't come for like a week, and you start seeing some things, it isn't because you haven't eaten. You better just hope that help comes, or you're going to have to take your chance with the shark. Just, Ain't nobody going to help you. They're going to think you're a ghost. No, 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 no. The shark won't. And notice how I'm saying shark. It's one individual shark. Not multiple sharks, because the other sharks learn their lesson. We're going to name this shark for the sake of the argument. We're going to name him Fred. And Fred... Are there sharks in the Adriatic Sea? Look, man, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Because we don't know anything about the ocean at this point. Or really any too many large bodies of water. We just assume we do. We're like, oh, there's stuff in there. There's fish. And I'm just like, oh, yes. It's kind of how it works. They live there. Or maybe you look out and find Bikini Bottom. Hey, that's what's up. That's, that's all. I mean, I, I really ain't getting unproductive for this one. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I, I let you all down. Aw, sharks are endangered. Yes. I didn't know that. I mean, well, I, I feel like it depends on the shark. I feel like the whale shark is fine because, like, what are you doing to it? You don't do anything to it. But everything else is like, oh, let's make shark fin soup. And I'm like, why? <laughs> that stuff is nasty. And this is the reason why sharks in danger. One of us tried it; the other one didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to. Didn't no one hold the spoon up to your mouth and say, "Here, eat this"? That's exactly what they did. No, no, no. How old were you? Oh, uh, I was in Italy, so it was 2014. AKA, you were an. Well, actually, you weren't. You can't even. You couldn't even. Like, you weren't. Like, you were an adult. CJ literally held me down in the middle of a Chinese restaurant in Rome. Hey, you could have just started screaming. It would have made a made a heck of a scene, but it would have got it the was, job done. It was chewy and rubbery at the same time. It was worse than calamari. Okay, first of all, what we ain't finna do is be disrespectful. <laughs> Look. How is that disrespectful? I'm allowed to have my opinion and not like seafood. No, no, no. You're allowed to have your opinion and be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Shots fired. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that without making my mother drive up here and wash my mouth out with soap. Yeah, look, I, she's already, like, let her get to, like, I think it was, like, 45 minutes, the 45-minute mark. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like, without liking seafood, do you like, like, just seafood entirely, like, none of it? Or just, like, there's got to be something you like. Because it doesn't I like all... salmon. <sighs> that's honestly okay. <laughs> that's fine. Because I eat sushi. See, yeah, and that's when he's like, I, I'm like, I cannot like seafood. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But I was like, maybe I was tripping when I thought she ate sushi. And now it's just like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I just said I was allowed to not like it. But I didn't say I didn't like all of it. What? But if you say you don't like it, that implies you don't like all of it. Not bits uh-uh. and pieces. No, because you said I don't like some of it, that makes more sense. Like, okay. That's like saying if someone's like, oh, football, I don't like it. Okay? You don't like football. That's what that's implied. But then it's like, oh, but I like this team. And I was like, what? You just said you don't like football. See, that's why I say, I tell people I don't like college football. Oh, see, and that's when you, like, start, that's when, like, the crack kicks in. Because it's like, I don't know how in the world you can't like college football. But then again, she likes the Broncos, so, yeah. Yeah, they ain't doing too hot. I mean, yeah, you're a fan of a bad... T- anyway, not the point here, not the point here, not the point Ah, uh, they won the Super Bowl twice in a row, mister. I was in 1999. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, they won the Super Bowl twice in a row. I was like, yeah, you mean like when we were like four? Hey, there's plenty of NF- um, NFL teams that have never won the Super Bowl. You're right. But there, they also, there's also plenty of teams. Or there's one man who's won seven Super and Bowls. we would have won, what was it, the 2015 Super Bowl? The Seahawks had not cheated. No one cheated. That team was, that team came up and said, let's just, you know, smack Peyton Manning in the mouth. Because we're like, oh, guys, we play defense. <laughs> First, It wasn't even, okay, the Broncos usually have one of the best defenses in the league. What the problem was is that Mr. Manning didn't change his hand signals. Hey, hey, hey. When you when you when you get there by being the man, you just kinda keep doing what you do. And then also the fact that the first snap went over his head for like a safety and I was like, Oh, oh, this game's over. They trash, like I told everybody, but it's okay. They weren't even in a team that year because nobody liked him as a quarterback. Yeah, that was like his... He was better than Tebow, though. I will give him that. <laughs> that ain't that ain't much of an accomplishment, ma'am. I mean, hey, it's an accomplishment. I was say so is not stabbing someone when you wake up. It's like <laughs> doesn't mean much, but it's okay. My therapist said to always count our small victories. And so, if it's an accomplishment, not stabbing somebody first thing in the morning, I'ma take it. And this is what, and the sad part is, I even let you be Anderson number two. To, I mean, I let you be Anderson number one today, and this is what happens. You start. You didn't even tell me I was Anderson number one. Remember, remember the other comp. Remember, if anybody goes back, it's like it's like an occasional weekend, and I was Anderson number one the last time we recorded on a weekend, so it would only make sense for me to be number two this time when we're recording. Well, it did li- didn't do nothing for me. I'm still sad and lonely. Quarantined. Hey, 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 hey. You, that started happening before the decision was made. 
Yeah, you're supposed to make the decision to make it better. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. Because apparently when I decided to make you Anderson number one, you start speaking reckless, talking about, like, I don't like seafood, then proceed to mention the seafood you like. Then, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Then you're like, I like, like, then again, there's the Broncos, which is like, we're going downhill really fast and we need to stop her. Listen, I said I was allowed to not like seafood. I didn't say that I didn't like seafood. I said I'm allowed to not like seafood. And I was born and raised to like the Broncos. That was bred into me. I cannot help it, all right? You got a bone to pick? Go pick it with my daddy. I mean, you know. If you dare. I feel like I'd be perfectly fine. He was just wondering, why is this random black man talking to me about the Broncos? He'd probably just offer you a beer. And then I'd be like, no, sir. I don't do that. And then he'd kick you out of his house. (laughs) He's like, we don't do that here. Yep. Pretty much. Well, is that the end of your DQ's corner and your Jordan bashing session? It wasn't even like a Jordan bashing session. It was just bashing everything else that Jordan mentioned. Never Jordan herself. Potato, potato. That, you know what? <laughs> All right. That, that's it. So your advice was to avoid haunted islands in Las Vegas at all costs. It really is, especially the Las Vegas one, just because, like, I mean, you can go. Let me, let me, let me, let me reiterate before I, like, butcher this all up. You can go. But don't go to where old man has like the Deathmobile over here. Like, think about that. There's a reason. I know. It's Whose called Deathmobile. A... Is it? There's a reason why it's called a Deathmobile. Haunted museum items. Oh, I'm gonna spell Jack's last name. It is Bacon's, but I spelled it B A G G I N S, and it's B A G A N S. Oops. We're still going to call him Baggins, though. He can block me on Twitter. I don't care. Someone said, there's a quill. There's a quills order. And I'm like, quills? <laughs> like, we still write using quills? Hey, you could be a wizarding student and not know it. You need a quill. It's very important. Oh, I forgot he had the the mirror from the original Dracula movie. Oh, and he has the Ed Gein's cauldron. Oh, God. That is one true crime story I cannot listen to. As you shouldn't. The nipple belt gets me. I can't do it. What do you mean? Jet has one. I can't even make that as a joke. That'd be horrible. Listen, do you know something I don't know? Uh, look, 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 Hey, I just throw it out into the world. If it's true, well, <laughs> you can't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> Frank, Beth, we need to have a talk. <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's Jack Kevorkian's fan. Excuse me? Jack Kevorkian, he was an American pathologist and a euthanasia proponent. And so he's the guy that went around 
and basically killed people in his van because they wanted to die. And so he was basically an assisted suicide person. All right. So what we're going to end this on is, guys, go outside, walk, get in your car, and drive to the nearest Buffalo Wild Wings. Or Wingstop, because you may not be as fortunate. Um, Even though they're both fun. Or or if you're really I lucky. I thought you liked Wingstop. Oh, I do. I do. It's just like some days it, it makes me sad. Um, Or if you're more fortunate, a Pluckers. Then you go in. You sit down, of course. And then you open the menu, and you just get a 10-piece wings of the second sauce from the top. Doesn't matter what it is, you're just going to get that one, and you get rent. If you get blue cheese, just cut off the podcast right now and quit listening. Um, because um, we don't claim those to the population. Because, um, let's be honest here, guys. I, I can eat some things that like might like make me question myself, but blue cheese is not one of them. I'd rather eat my pants leg. Well then. But I'm going to leave it on that because I got to go get a shot in my arm in like 24 minutes and I just realized the drive's like 10 minutes away. Um, <laughs> and I need to be there early that way. Like I can go get the shot. And I'm like, oh, let me let me go home and play Persona. I'm going to come home and I'll be like, maybe I actually should be productive. And then you're going to hear, all you're going to hear is the, the theme song playing in the background. I'm going to go play Genshin to make myself feel better, hopefully. Like a nerd. <laughs> you just said you were going to come home and don't you call me a nerd. You literally are the walking embodiment of a nerd. I am also the walking embodiment of a nerd with a smidget more athleticism. A smidget? Look, look, I say a smidget because right now I'm probably good and I'm probably better. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overrule your peak because you did do col- you did do something in college like I did. I mean I was gonna say you're more than a smidge athletic than me, but no 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 I I can just take the beating and keep going. If you you can only take the beating for so long before you're like, um oh that's right, my body doesn't like this. My body don't like nothing. Not even cold weather. Nope. Then again, who does? Me. Liar. <laughs> I like cold weather. I just don't like being cold. Doesn't that kind of go hand in hand? Yeah, I'm a walking enigma. What you gonna do? Not come visit. Anyway. uh, <laughs> You can't see my face right now, but it is hurt. It's okay. Eventually, we'll get to the point where we're recording, and it's like, hey, look, it's your face. Eventually. I'm like, hey. Go get your vaccine. Hey, hey, it's okay. I'll be great. Anyway, that was that was DQ's Corner extended version. Time to put on these vans and go, and go get this shot in my sweatpants. All right. You have fun with that. I definitely will. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to episode four of A Fearful Earful. Peace out. You can find us on Twitter at capital A, capital E, Earful. We're not on Instagram as of yet. 
but you can find Jordan on Instagram and Twitter at perfectly underscore wild with an E and me DQ at Twitter at I'm going to spell it out for y'all D-A-Q-U-I-N-T-O-N A-N-D-E-R-S and capital D capital Q DQ04 on Instagram our Facebook is a fearful earful all one word and you can email us a copy of your creepy stories or topic suggestions at a fearful earful pod at gmail.com if you like what you hear feel free to leave us a review on iTunes share it with everyone you know and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're available on Anchor and Spotify as of right now. We should be on Podbean, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts soon. A Fearful Earful was created by me, Jordan Anderson, with co-host DQ Anderson. All A Fearful Earful art was created by Gerilyn Anderson, my sister, and music is by One Wave, licensed through Premium Beat.